Hi, welcome to Romance Happy Hour. I'm Dylan Crush. And I'm Don Ludicky. We're bringing you your favorite romance authors. You'll get to hear them read from their books and answer your questions. Now let's get on with the show. All right, we are live. Welcome to Romance Happy Hour. I'm here with Dawn Ludicky, and we've got guests Elizabeth Scott and Todra Candle with us tonight. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. I am um, coming to you from northern Minnesota, so I'm hoping my internet holds out. Um, at the cabin, I decided to give you guys a different view than the deer head this time, so you can see. I was gonna say behind me. I was waiting because I noticed, and I was waiting for the opportunity to be like Dylan. Looks like you're at your cabin again. <laughs> Did yeah. you need to get some writing in? <laughs> um, I'm actually doing there. There's a Chicago Spring Fling um, writing conference this weekend, mm -hmm. and so it was all day today, and it's all day tomorrow and Saturday too. And then there's act. This is the weekend. There's like three virtual writing conferences this weekend, and so I'm. I'm attending two of them. So I told my husband, um, do you mind if I go up to the cabin by myself so I can actually, you know, pay attention. But I do have um, one of my kiddos with me. So yeah. she decided to come. But she's I know quiet. When, I noticed that when you really need to focus, you're just like, that's where you go. That's your little retreat. Yep. Well, and where else really is there to go right now, Dawn? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel really... Um, really, really lucky that we actually have this place because it's been nice. You know, the five of us have been um, crammed into our house for the past, you know, as everybody like the past several months. And so it's nice to have a, a little place where we can separate a little bit and get a bit of a break from each other. So, yeah. so tell me, Dawn, what have you been working on? I am writing Blue Jeans and Bubble Baths. Um, it's going to be re re released in the Askew Ever After um, box set in December. Um, so we got the pre-orders up for that. And then I actually have three pre-orders up right now. So I got that one. And then the first it, book in that series, High Heels and uh, Cowboy Boots, is up for pre-order. And Christy, Christina Hovland did the cover for it. And it's mm -hmm. beautiful. I love it. It's my new favorite. I told my husband, I showed my husband and he's like, best cover you've ever had. <laughs> I'm like, He's very judgmental, so I'm really feeling proud about that. But um, and then I have um, Hope Harbor. It's uh, my women's fiction is on pre-order. I just haven't announced it yet, but yep, that's up for pre-order. So I'm just getting those all ready to go right now. What about you? Um, I am working on a short story that's going to be in a um, holiday rom-com anthology that I'm not really talking about yet, but. Um, working on that and that's going to be coming out this fall. With Can I just other... say, is that the only reason, is that the reason I just now hearing about it is because I'm not telling you anyone. Anyway <laughs> told all my secrets. I have lots of secrets and I'm not telling you any of them because yeah. she always outs me. Don't call Dawn do. any of secrets. She, she will out you too. I'm teasing. <laughs> so, and I have, um, I have a big release coming up on August 4th. I've got my first book in the, my new Berkeley series. So the Cowboy. Ah, Cowboy. So I saw that. Mm -hmm. I saw that. Yeah. So I'm getting excited for that. And I've got some big giveaways and stuff coming up for that too. So, so how about our guests? How about you, Elizabeth? Tell us um, who you are and what you write and what you're working on. Well, my name is Elizabeth Scott. 
and I am in North Carolina, and I write contemporary romance with um, steamy, sassy, with lots of heart, um, some rom-com, billionaires, whoever I, whoever I am channeling at the time, what comes out on the paper. Uh, <laughs> I have just released, in June, I released the first book of a new series, which is Silent Surrender. This is what I'm going to be reading from tonight. And the second book comes out August 28th, and that's Royal Surrender, and it's up for pre-order now as well. That's so, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you, but, and you don't have to say, so I'm just going to preface this with that. You don't have to say, but where in North Carolina are you? About in the middle. So, like Raleigh? Uh, about an hour from Raleigh. Yeah, my husband grew up, well, he lived in Fayetteville, and uh -huh. his That's his family is still there. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah. yeah. I actually grew up near Asheville. That's where I was born and raised. Oh. A small, very small town near Asheville. Okay. When I got married, we moved here. So we're yeah. in Greensboro, as we were at. Ah, okay. I really want to go to the Smoky Mountains. Is there a good camping up that way? They, oh, yes, yes, yes. They're beautiful. Be sure you go to Biltmore House. We have season passes. We've not got to go for a while. <laughs> yeah, that's on my that's on my bucket list before my husband retires and we move back to Montana. So it's camping in the Smokies. So yay! It is beautiful. So beautiful. And how about you, Tadra? Um, I am uh, in Central Florida, and I write contemporary romance. And I feel like I'm getting a, a big glare. I feel like all I can see is <laughs> glare on my glasses. There, it's the danger um, of those of and, us. And uh, I have a lot of different series. Um, I write uh, contemporary romance under my own name, uh, paranormal romance under another pen name, um, erotic romance under another pen name. So I have a lot of and and shortly, you know, shortly working into um, a sweet romance and a uh, romantic suspense in a couple of years. That's planned for, I think, two years out. So anyway, have to keep me busy. So, so how many um, books do you have out total? Um, I'm in the middle of a three book release, and I believe that the third book will be my 96. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it's kind of go, <laughs> How long have you been writing then? I'm sorry? How long have you been writing? Uh, I was, it'll be nine years this December. Wow. So, That's yeah. a lot. It's like 10 books a year. Yeah. I mean, it averages out to that. I didn't start out that fast. I started out um, with like, you know, two books a year, just meandering. And then it was like, yeah. hey, I can write 70,000 words in a week. Let's, let's oh my gosh. <laughs> right now in the middle of a um, three book uh, release. Um, it's a trilogy and it was kind of, this is kind of a, um, a compromise because it's, it's cliffhangers. So the, the, the books aren't standalones. Most of my books are standalones within series, but these are cliffhangers. But my compromise was that they come out a week apart from each other. So you don't have to wait that long, you know, the, there was a prequel and it ended on a cliffhanger and then 
and then the, the first and second book do too. But book three ties everything up in a neat little bow. Or does it? Or does it? <laughs> Are your readers ready for cliffhangers? Have you done that to them before? I have. I had a, um, I have a sports uh, football trilogy that is one of my best sellers. So, you know, you look at it and you go, huh, really good read through on that. <laughs> so let's do that again. <laughs> so with that, are you indie or trad? I'm indie. Yeah. Okay. I, I am, I'm, I'm technically um, hybrid, uh -huh. but, but I'm primarily indie. So. And what about you, Elizabeth? Indie. Okay. I'm indie. Awesome. So I think tonight, some people are saying that they're hearing an echo, um, but then I'm getting some people saying they're not getting an echo. So I'm not sure if there's anything we can do on our end. I don't hear an echo. Do any of you? No, I, no. Okay. All right. Yeah, so no, we will forge on and, and see if it improves. Um, sometimes it's just the internet yeah. is funky. So, um, so we are going to have Elizabeth read first. And um, you want to tell us a little bit, you, you showed us the cover. If you can show us the cover a little bit closer, um, that looked like a really nice picture. And we like to drool over the, the pretty covers. <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> very, very nice. <laughs> so do you need to set it up or are you just starting I, with page one? I do. Um, if, if you don't mind, I have just a couple of things to set up before I start reading. Absolutely. Go ahead. We're going to um, leave you up here. So we'll leave you to it and we will be back when you're done. Okie dokie. Sounds good. And let me just switch around computers. I now have you guys on this computer and I'm reading from this computer. Um, the very first series that I ever wrote was about five years ago and it was called the Royal Vow series. And um, I never anticipated going back with a second generation series to the Royal Vow series, but my readers had a different opinion. So by popular uh, request, um, I have started the second generation uh, of the Royal Vow series which is called Royal Heirs. And the first book, like I said, released June 5th. Uh, next book is August 28th. So the first book is The Crown Prince's Youngest, The King's Youngest Son um, is the book, is the prince that this book is about. So I'm going to read, uh, if you don't mind, I was able to score an interview from the prince and um, sometimes I am able to do that. And uh, I always include them in my newsletters around time for release. Well, for this interview, I was not able to go by myself um, I was busy this uh, day, so I had to send my new social media influencer, Melissa, and she interviewed the prince for me. So if you don't mind, I'm going to read the interview first, and then I'm going to read some of the first the prologue. So I'm going to be uh, Melissa 
and Prince Preston. So Melissa starts out. Hi, Prince C. My name is Melissa, and I'm filling in for Miss Scott. Thanks a bunch for seeing me today. Prince Preston says, my pleasure. I love your accent. It's dreamy. Dreamy? Yeah, that thing you do with your eyes, that's hot too. I'm not sure I know what you're referring to. The color of my eyes is referred to as Sumatra blue. The color is awesome, but you know, when you go all smoldering and stuff. Ah, now I see. This isn't an interview for a major magazine. Oh gosh, no. Then why don't we make ourselves comfortable on the couch instead of these stuffy old chairs? Sure, that would be great. You know, I've never been to a palace before. I expected a moat and a drawbridge and floggers, you know, like in Game of Thrones. Floggers? No, we don't have a moat or a drawbridge and certainly no floggers. Sorry, love. Can I get you something to drink? Maybe a glass of wine? Do you have one of those fruity drinks? The kind with those little paper umbrellas. I think those are so awesome. Pink if you have it and cherries. I love cherries. Hmm. Of course. Just let me ring the kitchen. That's cool that you can just ring for whatever you want. Yes. Yes, it is. They will have your drink right up. Now, where were we? Well, Miss Scott gave me a bunch of questions to ask. But like, what are your views on royals marrying someone from outside their country? Ah, that is a very important question. I'll tell you what, let me answer Miss Scott's question, and then you can ask me anything that pops into that awesome head of yours. I think that love should have no boundaries of any type, and that it's also my belief that no one has the right to put limits or restrictions on what that love looks like. Oh, cool. Okay, let's see. Oh, I know. So like, if you were, weren't a prince, which one of these things would you like to do most? Walk into McDonald's and order a Big Mac and fries, take a ride on the New York subway, or Go into a laundromat on Saturday night to wash your clothes. I must say, Melissa, I've never been asked anything like this. Let's see. I know a McDonald's is a quick stop restaurant, but I have no idea what a Big Mac is. It sounds rather suggestive. Washing my own clothes? I wouldn't have the foggiest idea how to even go about that. I've heard there are curiosities on the subway in New York, so I suppose I would choose that one. Cool. I've never been on a subway either. I'm not sure I'm going to like going underground like that. Do you have hot tubs and saunas in the palace? We do. Several, actually. Perhaps you'd like to see them before you leave. That would be awesome, but I don't have a suit. No worries, love. I'll handle it. Next question. Are you a dog or cat person? I have a kitty named Katie Purry. I just love her music, don't you? Um, sure. 
we've never had pets, but I suppose a dog would be my first choice. If you weren't a prince, what would you be? I'm not really sure. I've never really thought about that. Dreaming of something that can never happen seems like a waste of time and energy to me. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Mint chocolate chip, what's yours? I love the Tonight Dough. O-M-G, it's simply the best. It's chocolate ice cream with chocolate cookie swirls, chocolate chip cookie dough, and peanut butter cookie dough. It's awesome. Wow, that is a lot of chocolate. My mother makes these divine cinnamon buns. She doesn't make them often, but when she does, you can smell them baking throughout the palace. That's probably my favorite sweet. Do you cook, Melanie? It's Melissa. And no, I have no idea how to cook. I think I have every takeout in my area programmed into my phone. Why cook when I can get it delivered, right? Right. Next question. I have no idea. I've run out of questions. Then why don't you give, why don't you let me give you a private tour of the palace? Can we see the throne? I've never seen an actual throne. I bet it's cool like the Iron Throne. Of course we can. Why don't we start in the throne room? Awesome. You're doing that smoldering eye thing again. But that was the end of the interview. And now let's start with the prologue to Silent Surrender. That will be all, gentlemen. We'll pick back up with this discussion next week. King Kiliad Sumatra dismissed the room of assembled councilmen and sprinted for the door to make his escape. The meeting had already gone long past the length of his patience. He had only just stepped into the outer office when his assistant handed him a folder and then followed along to update him on his afternoon schedule. Your Highness, I informed King Rajesh that you were running late. I moved him into the setting room to await your arrival. Kai sighed and rubbed his weary eyes. Nonsense meetings, like the one who just left, were taking a toll on him. Grown men acting like schoolboys if they don't get their way. And these were the leaders of their country. I suppose Raj is annoyed and irritated at this point. Chris, his assistant, gave a crisp nod. It would appear so, Your Highness. I did provide him with his favorite scotch, which seemed to appease him somewhat. If I may say, he seemed a bit out of sorts. Kai had no idea why his friend Raj had requested a meeting with him. Their conversations were usually conducted over the poker table on the third Thursday of the month. He had known Rajesh since they were in short pants and considered him a close and trusted friend. Barrage to request a private meeting and then travel to Tanistan, the concern was important. Kai adjusted his tie and tugged on the cuffs of his white dress shirt beneath his navy suit coat. Thank you, Chris. 
that will be all. I'll meet you back in the office. The only sound in the long palace hallway was the tapping of his leather shoes on the polished marble tile until he turned a corner. Kai's steps paused at the high-pitched giggle coming from the throne room, followed by a deep, throaty voice he well recognized. His jaw tensed as he tried to rein in his temper. Even before he opened the door, he knew what, or rather who, he had found. He pushed the door open to see his son's naked hiney sitting on his throne with an equally naked blonde on his throne. Not even counting to ten, as his wife had taught him to do, did any good in calming his wrath. Preston Sumatra, Kai bellowed. His son had the audacity to pull his lips into a smirk while the young lady straddling him shrieked and tried to cover her nudity by jumping up and running behind the massive chair. Kai averted his eyes, but not before catching the wickedly cocky glint in his son's eyes. Preston took his time writing himself by pulling on his slacks while the young woman floundered. Son, you know you always see to a lady's needs first, Kai reminded him and tipped his head toward the female's clothes scattered about the floor. Preston chuckled. I was trying, father, before you interrupted. Kai wanted to laugh at the imp's audacity, but instead his brow rose as he pierced his wayward son with a glare. Feeling his father's ire, Preston bent down and handed the woman her dress and knickers, which she quickly pulled on. Crossing his arms, Kai waited impatiently. Preston was too handsome for his own good and reminded him entirely too much of himself. On the throne, Preston? Really? Preston shrugged without an ounce of remorse. You know how it is, Father. Um, Jennifer? Melissa? The angered woman beside his son corrected with a scowl. Preston gave the woman an apologetic smile, and she literally melted under its power. Melissa was on the palace tour when I happened to walk by. Preston's eyes went to the woman's chest. I couldn't help but notice her luscious. His eyes flashed upward with a smug grin. Blonde hair. We got to chatting, and I offered to show her the thrones. She thinks they're awesome. He ended with a sly wink to his father. Incorrigible, Kai mumbled, shaking his head, because really, Kai had no one to blame but himself. He wondered if this was how his father felt when he and his brothers were young, impulsive, and thought the world revolved around them. Undoubtedly, Payback is a bitch, and his father was probably looking down upon him laughing. Get dressed and wait for me in my office, Kai snapped. But we were, Preston started to argue. His patience at its end, Kai interrupted and demanded in his most kingly tone, see the young lady out now, Preston. 
His father's fury finally registered. With a nod, Creston answered, Yes, sir. Without a backward glance, Kai left his son to clean up his mess and continued on to his meeting with Raj. But his mind was still on his son. His twin son always surprised him. Even their birth had been a complete and shocking surprise. Mary, his incredibly devious wife, had kept the multiple babies a secret to avoid overstressing him. His little spitfire knew he would have gone overboard trying to keep her safe, meaning she would have basically been confined to their suite and encased in bubble wrap for the duration of her pregnancy. She wasn't wrong. He would have done exactly that. After almost losing her during the birth of their daughter, Janelle, he had been perfectly content in only having three children. But then along came the twins. Creston reminded Kai so much of his own brother Taj. Creston's twin, Will, wasn't far behind. His firstborn, Caden, had always been the more responsible of his five children. Someday, Caden would make a fine king. His daughters, however, were strong, determined women, much like their mother. Of course, that meant testing him to his limits, often. Truth be told, Kai was ready to slow down, and he wanted time with his love, his queen, his wife, Mary. He was ready to have more getaways to their secret island and spend endless days bringing her pleasure. Kai remembered how it was to be a young prince with the weight of the future on his shoulders. When he was around Caden's age, his father had sent him to the States to represent their country at a very important trade meeting, and his entire life had changed. He had met Mary. He could still see her coming toward him in the parking lot of the diner where she worked, wearing a ridiculous harem girl costume. At first, he had thought his parents, who were pushing for him to marry, had set up his meeting. After spending only an afternoon with her, Kai knew she would be his queen. His lips rose in a wide smile. It had taken him a lot of time to convince his little spitfire, but it had been worth it. He wanted that for each of his children. He wanted them to find their own love, but Creston needed to find his purpose first. Over an hour later, Kai waved goodbye to his friend, as Raj's motorcade left the palace grounds. Once out of sight, he turned to one of the guards. Where is my wife? The uniformed guard stepped to attention and quietly asked whoever was in his ear and then replied, The family kitchen, sire. Thank you. With a nod of his head, he re-entered the palace. It was a good thing that his wife was in her favorite place because what he had to tell her would probably not please her. He found her with a pan of freshly baked cookies in her hand, and in the process of transferring them to a cooling rack. He leaned against the doorway to observe the woman who held his heart. Her glorious chestnut hair was now peppered with gray. 
which she refused to have touched up like the women of the court thought she should. There might be a few laugh lines around her eyes, but she was a striking woman at any age and the love of his life. Are you going to stand there gawking or do you want a cookie? Mary asked, her eyes still on her task, but a grin pulling at her lip. You know I do. His eyes followed her as she placed some of the cookies on a plate, grabbed a bottle of milk from the refrigerator, and took glasses from the cabinet. As they both sat down at the replica wooden table from Mary's childhood home, his perceptive wife said, Well, come on. You can tell me whatever you need to over a snack. Ty chuckled and proceeded to dunk the cookie as Mary had taught him years ago. You are a very observant wife. She shrugged and dumped her own cookie and milk. I've had years of practice. There are only two reasons you seek me out here. One is with news you don't think I like. Mary took a big bite of the soppy deliciousness and chewed while eyeing him. And the other, he asked. Their eyes met. Her brow rose, and Kai had no problem reading her thoughts or remembering their non-baking use of the kitchen. His eyes went to the stainless steel work table, and he could clearly see Mary naked and covered in chocolate. His reaction was strong as usual. That would never change. We do have a way with chocolate frosting, if I remember correctly. Her smile was filled with promises of future tasty adventures. You know quite well we do. We have a child to prove it. Now what must you tell me that you think I want to prove of? He sighed and laid his cookie on the table. I had a visit from Rajesh. Mary paused as her eyes met his. How are Raj and Kalish? We haven't seen them in quite some time. Maybe I can invite them over for dinner next weekend. Kai nodded and continued. That would be a good thing. I believe Kalish is in need of a friend at the moment. Raj came to me with a very upsetting request. It seems that he's just discovered he fathered a child he knew nothing of. Mary's cookie dropped to the table and her eyes grew. What? How can that be? Kai was still unsettled by what Rajesh had told him. Had he not found Mary after she had run from him, he might be exactly where his friend was today. It was years ago before he married Kalish. He was visiting the United States and met someone. Mary sat quietly lost in her own memories of what might have been. She looked up with concern in her beautiful eyes and asked, but what about the child? Kai took his wife's hand and squeezed. The child is a girl, and upon her mother's death, her solicitor was instructed to deliver a letter to Rajesh, notifying him of his daughter. There were some mix there was some mix-up, and the letter was delayed by a few years. Tears pulled in Mary's eyes. Oh, that poor girl. Losing a mother is hard, but I'm still confused. Why did Rajesh tell you about this? Kai reached over to wipe the tears away. Because, my love, 
the girl knows nothing of her parentage or what she or that she is of royal descent. Raj wants Caden to travel to America and bring her back before the news hits the press. We know how easily leaks can happen, Mary nodded in agreement. They, they had had their share of press, press issues. Then her brows pinched together and she tipped her head. But Caden is in Africa on a mission trip. He swiped a finger over his lips, which morphed into a devious grin. I know, that's why I offered to send Creston. Her eyes popped open in stunned confusion. Creston? Kai's lips thinned in frustration, remembering his earlier run-in with his youngest. I caught our son in the throne room a few moments ago, entertaining a young woman. On my throne, Mary paused in thought. He saw the moment she understood exactly what had been going on. Do you mean, she asked, and then hid a, gr a grin behind her hand. With another devious grin, he nodded. Yes, I do. My love, Preston needs a mission of his own. He doesn't see his worth in our family, and he takes life entirely too lackadaisical. Kai saw the sorrow enter his wife's eyes. Their children were scattered in all directions these days. This would be the first time a Sumatra heir wasn't in residence at the palace. She missed their babies, even though they were grown and had lives of their own. You're right. Sending Creston would be the motivation he needs. Maybe he'll find a purpose. But what if the girl doesn't want to come? I mean, what is Creston supposed to do if she refuses? Kidnap her? Mary chuckled, but then sobered when Kai didn't. No, Kai. Kai shrugged. I promised Raj that our son would bring his daughter home by any means possible. Then he handed his wife a copy of the letter Raj had received. Get the tissues ready. My dearest Rajesh, I ask for your forgiveness. I have done a very bad thing, but for all the right reasons. Once you meet your daughter, you will understand why I did what I did. I knew that she would eventually come to you, but I wanted to give her time to grow into the strong woman she is today. In order to stand in your world with confidence and overcome whatever obstacles she may face as your daughter. I can see your handsome face now as you glare at this letter, but you will understand and you will agree that I was right to leave you and keep your child secret. As hard as it, as hard as it will be to admit, my love, you will know in your heart I was right, and that will be the hardest guilt to come to terms with. Please know I never doubted that you would love and accept our daughter, a perfect daughter that was created from our love. Alicia needed me, and she needed a place to grow into the incredible woman she is today. That is what gave me strength to leave the only man I will ever love in order to protect our daughter. Raj, I leave this world with peace in my heart knowing you will keep our daughter safe 
and that you will assure her happiness at all costs, even if it means letting her go. Be forewarned, she has your stubbornness, and I only wish I could see the two of you butt heads, which I am sure will happen often. Thank you, Raj, for giving me the most precious gift of all, our daughter. With all my everlasting love, Aline. And that's the end of the prologue. It's so good. Oh my gosh. Woo. And I'm sorry I took up more time than I was supposed to. I told you I wasn't. You're okay. <laughs> no, we enjoyed hearing that. Thank yeah. you very much for sharing. That was really cute too, the um your interview that you shared. Yes. <laughs> Yay. Well, I'm and, so glad and, you enjoyed yeah. it. Well, and no. we got Tadra back because um, while you were reading, we had some exciting stuff happening in the yeah. background. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. We, we lost Tadra completely and, and um, she made it back on her phone. And <laughs> so, yes, so it all works out. Everything happens for a reason, right? Yeah. It's all good. It's just a, a good thing you went first, is all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I know it seems like no matter how hard we try, um, technology gets the better of us in one way or another so um well thank you for sharing very much that was a lot of fun um and so that's the first book that is the first book of the second generation royal heirs yep. the okay. first series the royal vow series which was started out with kai's book kai's book was the very first one i ever wrote they are my special couple and will probably always be. But um, the Royal Vow series is in Kindle Unlimited. Okay. And it's also in two box sets right now um, in Kindle Unlimited. All right. Great. So there was lots of little Easter eggs <laughs> sprinkled throughout the entire series that if you've read that, you'll get those. We do have a couple questions, but Dylan, should we let Tadra read first and then do it at the end? Sure. Yeah, that's fine. I was going to say, do you want to do a question and then we can have Tadra read, or if we want to have Tadra read first, we have her. Let's let Tadra read in case we okay. lose her. Is somebody, is there some rain somewhere? I oh, hear something. I think it's Tadra. <laughs> there you go. You moved your phone in it. Okay. Yeah, you know what? I can hear it. I'm trying to get it. I was trying to fix it so it would like be stable, so I don't like, make anybody seasick while I'm reading. <laughs> Is that better? Is this okay? Yeah, that's fine. That's better. Although we, you're, um, we can't hear you super well. It sounds okay, like someone's eating see. chips. <laughs> no, yeah, no, before I did. It sounded like hail before. <laughs> I, I'm I'm hearing all kinds of static. Do you have headphones? I do, um, and I have them right here, but I don't have the. Uh, I need the dongle to connect them. Got it. I do not have it with me. It's it's in the other room. So if you guys do, you guys want to take a question, and I can sure. hook it up. Yep. Yeah, help. sure. We'll do that. Okay. Why don't you do that. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so uh, on. <laughs> Deanna says, what is your favorite part about writing? You're talking to me. 
Sure. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part of writing, I suppose, is the the process of where I'm developing the book or the series, and and I get to meet the people for the first time because I'm a pantser, so I don't. You know what? Well, I try my best to outline because it seems like a really good thing to do, but, <laughs> but I just cannot make myself follow anything. My my characters lead my stories, so if they want to go out in left field, then I let them. And, um, so I suppose that's yeah. the favorite part is getting to getting to meet them and getting to know them. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, let's do this second one. How do you think being a writer has helped you as a person? Ooh. Uh, well, exactly. I would never, ever have done anything like this <laughs> before, um, before I started writing books. I'm just, I'm a very shy, introverted person. And uh, stepping out and doing things like this is so not me, but it is Elizabeth Scott. So, well, yeah. I gotta say, you were super cute the whole time. <laughs> I, I even texted that to Dylan. I'm like, oh my god, I did love I her. Make silly faces. Did I make silly faces? No, oh, you did perfect. <laughs> it was great. I loved it. When I watch a TV show, I do the same thing, and my kids and my husband make fun of me because it's just like I'm helping them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I live when I'm writing. When I'm writing, yeah. and someone's smiling, you know, I'll make faces to kind of try to describe what my expression looks like. And so I can't write with people because they would think that I have weird tics or something. Okay, so with that, have you ever cried while you were writing? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I want to know what scene for all of you, even Dylan, what scene have you cried at? Oh, there's uh, this, this one, I'm not going to say, but there's several in this one that made me tear up, but there's also, I laugh too so many times. Mm So what about you, Dylan? I think, well, I can't remember exactly what scene. I will say, though, that I, I tend to cry when the book is over, just out of joy and relief. <laughs> when I finally cross the finish line, and I'm like, yes! So, How about you, Tadra? And it, it's way better, by the way. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah. Um, yeah, the uh, actually the third book of this this trilogy that's that's releasing now. I there was one scene, and it actually was, um, it was between two friends, and that I was like, <laughs> you know, crying during it. So it was very yeah, it was tough. So how about you, Don? Uh, well, one time I only cried one time um, during in Big Sky Brazen. Because I had to kill off somebody that would have been the perfect mm. hero. And he had to die in a stampede. <laughs> and I was very sad about <laughs> it. <laughs> so that's why. Yeah. But All shall right. we hear? Yes. Let's let Tadra um, read 
So we make sure that we don't run out of time. Do you okay. have a setup <laughs> that you need to do or are you? Oh, it, um, it wasn't, I, that was very... not a dig at you, Elizabeth. It was, <laughs> that was not a dig at you. Totally oh, like, this. like, no, that was not a dig at you. No, no. We've had technical difficulties. So is there a setup or yes. anything or? Uh, it's, it's a very brief setup and um, I'm actually going to read two different shorter sections from the same book. So, um, and I'm going to flip the phone around real fast. I don't think I can actually flip the camera. So I'm going to flip the phone so people can see the cover. All right. Okay. Ready? So yeah. hold on there. Can you see it? Yes. It you know what though? I'm going to make us there. come out so people can see it bigger. So okay. we will be All back right. when you're done. Okay. Okay. So that, let's see. Hopefully that is visible. There it is. Okay. So I'm going to try to hold the phone steady while I'm reading. Um, Informed Consent is a medical, uh, is the first book in my medical uh, romance trilogy. And it's set in Central Florida, south, south, quite a bit south from where I am, um, between here and say uh, the, the uh, west south coast of Florida or the southwest coast even. Um, so it's a small town. It takes place in a small town and uh, Emma, Carson is a naturopath, which if you're not familiar with it, is a doctor who uh, specializes in uh, treatments and um, uh, medicine that is uh, closer to nature. So she's just uh, moved down here to this small town in central Florida. Uh, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. And she has always wanted land. She always wanted um, a place to grow her own food. And so she very impulsively bought land before she came down and she bought what she thought was going to be a temporary home, a, um, like a mobile home. And when she got down there, she found out that, um, it was not in the greatest shape. So she has met, uh, a nurse at the hospital, a nurse practitioner actually. Um, and she doesn't have anybody else to call when she's kind of about ready to turn around and head back north. So this is what happens after Jenny, the nurse practitioner, shows up to help her. And I'm going to be looking over because it's on my screen here. Wow. Jenny stood alongside her car, gazing at my new home. Sunglasses hit her eyes, but her mouth had dropped open slightly. I know. I slumped back against the side of my sedan. And if you think the outside is bad, well, you open the door. The smell. Oh, I shook my head. It's bad. I think maybe if I open the windows and air it out, it might help some, but there's no question it's going to take some bleach too. Lots of bleach. Jenny nodded slowly. Okay, so we need bleach and vinegar and baking soda. At my questioning glance, she explained, it's good for cleaning sinks and showers and toilets. Great for deodorizing too. She looked back at my car. It's not furnished, is it? Bobby Lucas told me there was a bed, but it's nothing I'm going to sleep on, believe me. I'll haul it out. And now my screen just went blank. I'll haul it out. I'll need a mattress at the very least, maybe a chair or two, but I won't be able to afford much. I threw up my hands. I sank everything I have into this land and this, this monstrosity. Don't freak out. Jenny stepped closer to me and pulled me into a quick, impulsive hug. Seriously, this looks bad now, but we can make it better. The first thing we need to do is make a trip up to Lakeland. Most of the time I can make do with what I get at the Dollar General and the local grocery, but there's a cool thrift store there next to the Walmart. 
You can get you furniture, grab some cleaning supplies, and fill up your pantry, too. I expelled a long breath. That sounds good, Jenny. Thank you so much. Don't mention it. She put her hand on the knob of the door. I should probably take a look in here before we go, just so we both know the space you need to fill. Oh, and we should take some measurements, too. If you're sure, I wrinkled my nose, and if you have a strong stomach. Honey, I'm a nurse. My stomach is like iron. Still, I noticed she inhaled deeply before stepping inside, too. See what I mean? I spoke through my hands, which were over my face. It's bad, isn't it? Yeah, it's not exactly garden fresh. She reached, reached for one of the windows. Let's crank these babies open before we go. Let it air out while we're away. It won't hurt. Might help. Between the two of us, we managed to open all the jealousy windows and measure the bedroom and sitting area. I was standing by the door when Jenny paused next to the toilet. With a trepidatious glance at me, she lifted the lid and then winced and dropped it back into place. What do you know about composting toilets, Emma? I shrugged. Nothing. Why? Is it kind of a flushing mechanism? Not exactly. She pointed to the door. Let's talk outside. We both went out, stepping from the door to the rusty metal step to the safety of the ground. Jenny bent down and peered under the trailer. Look, she pointed, and I leaned to see what she was showing me. See that bucket? Yeah, I squinted. Is that because it's a leak or something? No, sweetie. She patted my arm. That's where the... Well, that's a composting toilet. It means that there's no system for flushing it or anything like that. It's not connected to a waste tank. Didn't you wonder about the water hookup, the electric? I blinked at her. And then as understanding rolled over me, like a wave on the beach, I shook my head. I never even thought about it. Well, you're not going to have any water coming through that faucet or the shower. Whatever you do on that toilet, it ends up in the bucket underneath it, and then you have to dump it. She paused. Also, it's going to be dark at night and I'm not sure how you're going to cook on the stove unless she held up a finger and darted around to the other, the other side of the trailer. Okay, yeah, it's got a hookup for propane, so at least you can use the oven in the stove if we get a tank. But the fridge is a no-go until you have electric run out here. Do you think I can do that? I was beginning to feel utterly despondent. I'd been such a naive idiot coming down here with all these grandiose ideas of living on the land, not even stopping to think that the land wasn't going to have naturally occurring electric water and gas outlets, not to mention a sewage hookup for my toilet. Jenny lifted one shoulder. You'll have to talk to someone in town about that, I guess. She bit the side of her lip and fiddled with the hem of her shirt. Emma, this is going to sound creepy maybe, but here's the thing. I live in an amazing rental just outside town. I sublet it from oh, a friend who moved for work. It's got three bedrooms, four baths, a gorgeous pool, and I'm there all by myself. If you want to stay with me for a while until you figure all this out, you're welcome. I'd love to have you. I thought about it for a few minutes. It would be so easy to say yes to Jenny. She seemed like a nice person, and God knew I could use a friend. Turning back to the wreck that was this disgusting trailer and the idea that it seemed so much more appealing from the perspective of Philadelphia was tempting. I could live in a house with a, I could live in a house with water, a flushing toilet, lights, and a pool. I could contribute to Jenny's rent and still save up to eventually build something small for myself here. But on the other hand, saying yes to Jenny felt like saying no to the part of me that had been so excited to finally strike out on my own. It felt like giving up. And while I had a lot of faults, I didn't count cowardice as one of them. Living here wasn't going to be easy, but I had an odd feeling that in the long run, it would be good for me. It would be one of those growing experiences I had heard about so often. The truth was that I'd made my decision impulsively, and not living with the consequences felt like a cop-out. I wasn't going to be that woman, not anymore. Okay. 
second one. I'm hoping you'll tell me if I'm running out of time here. Okay, so this is um, the doctor on the floor who actually started the oncology wing where Emma works, where Emma and Jenny both work, has come back into town after being away. And they're talking about a patient. He and, he and Emma have um, clashed heads uh, since they met and they really have not gotten along at all, which of course we know what that's gonna lead to, right? So now they're talking about a patient. Do you think Angela was ready to go home? Emma had developed, this is from Deacon's point of view, by the way, this is the, uh, the doctor. Emma had developed a habit over the past couple of months of appearing at my office door, usually toward the end of the day and launching into a topic with little to no preamble. She'd loiter there in the doorway, alternately arguing with me, agreeing or listening until I'd roll my eyes and say, for God's sake, Emma, come in and sit down. Now I glanced up at her from my computer screen. Yes, I do. That's why I signed the orders releasing her. It's kind of my process. I do everything medically possible for my patients, and then I let them go home. Apparently, if you try to keep them, it's something called kidnapping. She huffed out a sigh. You know what I mean, Deacon. Hmm, I lifted one shoulder. I'm not sure I do. Why don't you come down, sit, why don't you come sit down and explain? She wandered in as though she was in no particular hurry to do as I'd suggested. What are you working on? Sending a report to the board ahead of their quarterly meeting, one of the less exciting parts of my job. I tilted my head, considering, if you'd like to help me out, I'd be happy to share. Ugh, she wrinkled her nose as she sank into the chair across from me. I hate paperwork. You can keep that part of the job. Thanks ever so. I was afraid you'd say that. I clicked save on the report and closed the laptop, turning my attention to Emma. To answer your question more seriously, your first question, that is, I understand if you have misgivings about Angela's discharge. But my experience has been that there's no perfect chime to make leap. As doctors, we can always make a case for post-transplant patient to stay for a post-transplant patient to stay longer, just to be safe. But I think you, of all people, would advocate for someone like Angela to return to her normal life as much as she can, as soon as she can. Emma nodded. I would. I guess it's kind of a control issue. Here we know she's following directions, eating what she should, being protected from viruses and infections. There are so many variables out in the wide world. True, but we have to keep in mind our ultimate goal, right? Which is to return that patient to her life, healthy and whole. She has to be able to live, and real life doesn't happen in the hospital. So for better or for worse, we set people loose and hope for the best. Yeah, she sounded so glum that I found myself wanting to circle the desk and wrap her in my arms. I wanted to pull her onto my lap, hug her tight, and then tilt her chin upwards until her eyes gazed into mine. And then I do what I'd wanted to do for weeks, longer, really, and kiss her absolutely senseless. Deacon, Emma's voice, amused and cautious, interrupted my fantasy. What are you thinking about? What? I snapped my attention back to her. Oh, nothing. Really? She quirked an eyebrow. Didn't seem like nothing. You looked almost predatory. I snorted. You've got a vivid imagination, Emma. I know it's usually a good thing, but don't let it run away. Still, she was so perspective so perceptive that I needed to be more careful, or maybe I should just say the hell with it and give in to what had been tempting me for so long. Oh, but letting it run away with me is so much more fun. She rested her elbow on the edge of my desk and leaned her chin into her hand. Don't you ever do that, Deacon? Just surrender, into your surrender to your impulses? Staring at her, I slowly shook my head. No, I don't. I'm careful and intentional and I never have fun or laugh or do anything remotely impulsive. Haven't you known me long enough to realize that? 
Emma's eyes crinkled as she laughed. That's your charm right there, Deacon. You are serious as sin and sober blinders on work most of the time. But then just when someone thinks that's how you always are, you come out with this snark and there's humor that no one would ever suspect you of having. When you smile and tease, it's like you're a completely different person. Easier. More fun, I inquired, leaning back in my chair. Was that what you were trying to say? If that's what I meant, I would have said it. Emma cocked her head saucily. I'm direct like that. She paused. But yes, now that you say it, snarky deacon is fun. I'm not sure I'd say more fun. Her forehead drew together. Or maybe what I'm trying to say is that I like both deacons. Serious, focused, intent, Dr. Deacon Gerard, and fun, laid-back deacon, too. And I'm going to stop there because I think that we're running short on time. So... That was awesome. Thank you. Okay. I'm sorry to leave it kind of in the middle there, but I was afraid that, <laughs> that, that you, you know were what though, to... when, when you leave um, the viewers in the middle, then if they're super curious and have to find out what's going to happen next, <laughs> they know where to find there it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> true, true, true. No, I, I could totally picture walking into that situation and having not thought of, um, electrical or water <laughs> a toilet <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah. Oh. it was it was inspired by a a similar but not exact experience that my daughter my daughter's living okay. in a trailer very much like that right now she, she's a farm manager and mm -hmm. so yeah it was more my reaction when i had to when i went to right. go see her i was like really this is where you live off the grid <laughs> yeah well yeah emma's big thing with this is that there's no real bathroom because mm -hmm. it's just a toilet and a shower and then there's no doors and so when she talks to the guy she says <laughs> to him by definition a bathroom has doors <laughs> so, anyway no that was great thank you oh, thank you for letting me read don you have no sound <laughs> why I've been talking and nobody's been you <laughs> <laughs> you, you, your mouth was moving and all of a sudden I realized you're trying to say something so. oh yeah I'm like why are they talking over me no no that's okay to talk over me you know? <laughs> no okay I was totally gonna say because I was gonna ask you do you have medical background I do not actually oh. um, I I say in the acknowledgement of these books that I was the person who was the least medical. And um, unfortunately, um, both of my parents uh, had uh, blood cancer. So I was thrown into the deep end and had to learn a lot. Yeah. Had to learn how to, you know, do IVs and all those fun things. Uh, I'll take care of them. So, um, yeah. So I've been putting that knowledge to use now. Yeah. Yeah. Then um, we did have some couple questions here. Let me look them up. And because now I forgot. Oh, I was going to say I might have to read this particular book later on in my, my life because my daughter's name is Emma. <laughs> so I don't know. Do you have like love scenes in, in this one? Is this spicy? Yeah. yeah. I'm probably going to have to read this yeah. book later. Yeah. <laughs> I love the picture of my daughter. No. <laughs> All right. So um, Debbie wants to know, where do you get your info or ideas for your books? 
Um, is that for everybody? For both of you. We'll just have yeah. both of you both answer. Of you. So Tadra, if you want to go first. Um, it, it depends. Mostly just from, um, I always say asking the what if questions, like saying, you know, somebody tells you a story or you, you see something or you overhear something and you start to think, what if, what if it went this way or what if this is the, you know, the real scenario, so. Elizabeth? I agree. It comes, um, my books come from anything that, uh, it can come from a television commercial or I can dream it. Yeah. I've, dream, I've dreamed several books. You would be surprised. And I dream in dialogue. I can get up and actually write the dialogue <laughs> just as I dream. <laughs> So I've even, gotta, go ahead. I've even gotten uh, inspiration from doing um, some gardening around my house. So yeah, it just Aww. whatever hits. I got to say, I once had a dream where in my dream, I thought this would be an amazing book. And and like I remember thinking that in my dream, thinking <laughs> I got to write this book. And then I woke up and I thought, what the hell was I thinking in my dream? That would be the worst book ever. Oh, and we just lost Tara. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, all right. So I guess we'll finish. Do you want to finish off the questions real quick then? Sure. Yeah. So okay. we had a couple come through. So yeah. Where and, do and you get. She'll pop back in. We'll see if she pops <laughs> back in here. Where do you get your. in? Uh, oh, wait. What has been the craziest inspiration? Um, the craziest thing ever that inspired one of your books? Um. Um, well, I don't know. I don't know if this answers the question exactly, but whenever I get stuck or I need, um, you know, to know what's coming next or, or what, I take a shower. For some unknown reason, taking a shower is like opening something. <laughs> yes. So I don't know why it does, but so I guess that's the strangest thing that I do to get inspiration for story. I want to say though, big hell yes, because I do the exact <laughs> same thing. Like if I'm stuck, I'll be like, I got. Besides the whole beaver thing with with Dylan, um, the other way that I get rid I of my. <laughs> The other, way, the other way that I get rid of my writer's block is to go take a, a, a long shower. Oh, go take a what? A shower. <laughs> okay. I thought you said something else. I said da. <laughs> I was going to say damn shower. But okay. I tried not to cuss, but now you made me cuss, Dylan. I'm sorry. <laughs> Tadra's here. <laughs> Welcome <Yay>. back. Yeah. <laughs> Tadra, well, you win the award for the most persistent <laughs> that we've ever had. I mean, I know. I you, you have just been battling a lot tonight. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this has been such a hassle for you. No, no, no. I said I've prepared for everything but technology, you know. Um, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. But internet is apparently back up. But the phone died now, so. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. I we love technology. I love technology yeah. until it fails us, which yeah. never, you know, inevitably always happens when you need it the most. <laughs> so. yeah. Well, we got fun. we got one last question. What is your favorite book? 
Favorite book of all time? Sure. Yeah, there was no qualifying. Uh, there was none. That was it. Just what is your that, favorite that, book? That somebody else wrote, right? What, <laughs> you could see yourself. Yeah, why don't you answer it both ways? What's what's the favorite your favorite book that you've written and what's your favorite book by someone else? My favorite book that I've written is my third book in my football trilogy. Because it, it was another one that really, really made me cry. Um, there was a a, a death. Um, and my favorite book of all time is actually a historical romance. It's very old, it's hard to get. It's called Celia Garth. And it's a uh, by Gwen Bristow, and it's set in the Revolution. And if you like Hamilton, you would love Celia Garth, except it's from a woman's point of view. Is so. it naughty? No. Okay, because no. my sixteen-year-old is um, like obsessed with Hamilton. I think is really the only way to describe it. Yeah, so, it's I really it's like that. Really good. You can usually sometimes you can find it in libraries or like I have like four copies but I, I made my children read it. When, when we homeschooled, we did like a whole unit on it. So I love it. It's got a little bit of romance, but a lot of history and, and it's based in reality. So okay. That's awesome. I highly recommend it. For me, my favorite book, um, of course, is the first one I ever wrote, which was Sweet Surrender. But um, of all times, it has to be a book that I wrote called um, Promised Me Forever. And that's because of the way that book came to me. Um, I wasn't even planning on writing that book, but I was in the middle of writing the Royal Vow series when this idea just wouldn't leave me alone. Um, so anyhow, I finally wrote that book and then found out years later why uh, a reader really connected with the story and unfortunately she lost her battle with cancer but she did let me know that um, that book was really special to her so that's the reason I had to write that book. <laughs> well Elizabeth you're um, just a tearjerker for us tonight. And you know oh. I write rock a lot of times. <laughs> Like, oh my gosh. Sorry. <laughs> I go long. I make you cry. <laughs> no. I don't even have tissues by me right now. That is, no. um, that's really touching. Wow. I can't imagine having somebody mm. tell me that. So say something funny, Dawn. Make us laugh. <laughs> I, I can't right now because Elizabeth, I'm sorry. I'll tell you why later. Gosh, I wish I knew the joke. <laughs> I will say, you know, the beaver is a long-running okay. joke on Romance Happy Hour. Let's, and there was let's a go sighting. with beaver. There yeah, was a sighting tonight. There, there was a sighting. So in my neighbor's driveway. We really? Next door. We can see their driveway from here. And, and I okay. looked out and the beaver was in the driveway. So. Okay, so next time, get a picture and post it on Romance Happy Hour. Well, and all of our regulars will know exactly what it means. But every time I try to take a picture, it's super blurry because you can't, if you open up the door to go out and catch the beaver in action, the beaver runs away. Get a better phone. And so I try to zoom in. It was not a skunk, Linda. I know. Every time I try to catch the beaver, though. I like I'll zoom in and then it just looks like this grayish blob in, in the grass. And so I know you're not gonna be 
So just I like it. Next time I come up here, I'm gonna bring um, our old school DSLR that's got like the massive, that was a zoom lens. Yeah. Or an animal cam, like like one of those ones you stick outside and it takes pictures for you. An animal cam. Yeah. So we could all, then we could set up a live cam and everyone could yeah. have either situation from yeah. our face. <laughs> oh my God, yes, we'll go in halvesies. <laughs> I'll look on Facebook Marketplace and see what I can come up with. Okay. So All right. On that note, were there any other questions? I'm sorry. We had a light in the mood after Elizabeth. No. Yeah. <laughs> so I was that was that it? Yeah, that was okay. it. All right. Well, thank you. It's been another super exciting, um, unpredictable episode of Romance <laughs> Happy Hour, as usual. Um, we do have goodies up for grabs from both Tadra and Elizabeth on the Romance Happy Hour page, and we'll leave those open until Sunday night. So go ahead and check that out. They're both giving away um, some really cool, cool prizes. So anything else from you, Dawn? Not from me. Oh, yes. Yes, I do. I found this at Walmart, Dylan. You're going to have to go get one, and we're going to have uh -oh. to do an episode wearing this. It <gasps> is a red wine anti-aging hologram mask. I am not going to go on camera wearing oh a mask. Oh, my God. Why not? We could be, like, really cool wearing wine and doing romance happy hour while we wear wine. <laughs> well, if it means I won't have to brush my hair, then maybe. Yeah. But we'll see. <laughs> All right, we will see. Does it taste like yeah. wine is what I want to know. Oh, you know, I don't know. It's firming and brightening, though. Well, I mean, so. who can say no to firming and brightening? It says alcohol-free, right. so you can't get drunk oh, off of it, though. So, if it's alcohol-free, how is it wine? Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Um, Thank you to Tadra and Elizabeth. Yes. And, um, gosh, I think this is going to be one of our, <laughs> I don't know. It's been a good time. So. It has, yes. It's been a good time. All right. We will see you in um, the second week. I think we have a, a break in between. We do have Romance Happy Hour Book Club next Thursday. Yes. With yeah. Janice Dixon and Rockstar Secrets. So if you're not in the um, Facebook group, we have a, a special Romance Happy Hour Book Club group. And we're going to be talking to Janine. So. Hope to see you then, and if you can't make it then, then we'll see you on the second uh, Thursday in August. All right. Thank Bye. you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Romance Happy Hour. To find out who's coming on next or catch up on the video episodes, visit our website at romancehappyhour.com. Don't forget, you can always join us live on the second and fourth Thursday of each month on the Romance Happy Hour Facebook page. To connect with Dawn or me, check the show notes for our contact info. We'll see you next time. Cheers! Cheers.